their identity and uh, what does that have to do with stress and suffering liberation practice Dhamma practice well it's about an identity that gets built through identification so it's not about an actual thing that we have to either prove or annihilate it's about a a process that we could abate, mollify, release it's a process called identification something makes itself into our identity so very simply speaking I think an average thoughtful person would probably acknowledge that yeah this body both its appearance and its disposition one's abilities or disabilities one's disease or health one's vigour weakness, ageing, youth shape, gender yeah that definitely builds up identification around that because I think it's it and everybody else says that's who you are (laughs) so yeah so this is called attachment something experiences certain appearances either felt experiences like disability health problems or vitality yeah that's true you know you can sense that and there's a kind of reflex that that's me so built in seemingly that we very much take it for granted and of course other people will remind us that's you you're the sick one or you're the vigorous one you're the strong one you're the weak one you're the old one and so forth the wrong shape or something like that so this yeah it's there it goes you know it's a whole thing that we participate in this process of attaching attachment upadana but actually when you reflect upon it you know carefully if it's me how did I how did I make it this way how did I say let my body sprout ears if it's really me how did I say let my body be this tall and not this tall if it's really me if it's really me and mine why doesn't it do what I want it to do why doesn't it stay healthy when I want it to why doesn't it get the shape I want it to have it's too fat or too thin why is it disappointing me (laughs) why don't I have much say over it and when I go to sleep at night where does it go who looks after it then when I'm somewhere else No, no, it's, it's nothing, no, no control over. And actually, if I reflect upon it 
with deep consideration I could recognize well it only exists because of mother father not me not me mother father that was necessary exists because of food and water and air not because of me food water air that's what keeps it going it manifests because of disease or absence of disease that's what gets it going it's like this because of an accident or a virus or a yeah not because of me <laughs> so I have no agency I have no ownership I didn't create it I don't know when it's going to die I can't say that's enough now or let's go on for another hour if it's decided to die goes ahead and does it so what's the me in all that this is a kind of thing you can just reason with and this is very much an aspect of our recollection practice and just to notice where one does get very edgy about body very self-conscious about its shape or its disposition or its health or its age and sort of oh there it is there's that whoa you know the me starts to rise up and what is that me then it's a fear me uh, an anxiety me or a pride me or something like that it's not really a me at all it's an emotional energy that rises up out of that attachment body is a body and probably for quite a bit of the time you're not really that much aware of it because you're looking at something on a screen you're talking to somebody where did your body go oh, where was your hair where were your ears where were your knees <laughs> gone <laughs> so you look in direct experience reality the idea that I am a body or even in a body is, a, is really a non-starter and yet the trigger occurs Oh, this body, wrong shape, too big, funny nose, too fat. What's that? What's that? Oh, wow, really looking good today, you know, buffed up, really looking good today. What's that? (laughs) Is that me? No, it's a set of reflexes and emotional responses these are called yeah. what are these called these are sanya perception sankara activations responses reflexes that's the mechanism me that's the mechanism so we might also say what else do identity arise around well it rises around my relationships that's my mother that's my father that's my brother that's my cousin that's my sister that's my son that's my daughter and so forth well wake up to that one why don't they behave the way I want them to (laughs) why don't they stay where they want them to go why don't they go where they want them to stay (laughs) why are they like this no matter how many times I've told them to be like that, they're like this. <laughs> well, <laughs> where was the me in that? The me was in the affection, the fondness, the worry, the agitation, the exasperation. <laughs> right? There it was, you know. 
Was that a person or was it just an action? Was it a person, was it a fixed thing or was it an action? How come the person you're fond of yesterday you feel irritated by today? Was it a person or was it an act? The actions changed, didn't they? Yeah. Sanya, perception, impression, sankara, reaction, response. You might also say we're defined by my um, job. I'm a secretary. I'm an engineer. Okay, what happens when you get the sack? <laughs> you know? And yet that can be a very powerful force in your life, your profession, your job, because you meet people who then relate to you in that particular way, who value you that, in that particular way, you find value, self-esteem in doing that kind of thing, yeah. you're concerned about it, and it can also be gone. You know, I was a secretary yesterday, now, <laughs> now I'm sacked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where did that one go? Yeah. And now you know life decisions. You know, I got you know, say a partner or a marriage or something like that. I'm a monk. Yeah. That's what I am. Identification with one's life decisions or occupations. Yeah. And then if you're in any of those, same sort of thing happens. Mm. Am I good enough? Am I not good enough? Mm. What is the ideal? What's the perfect wife, husband, monk, life decision? Is it the right decision? If I'd have waited long enough, could I have found a better one? Mm. It's like, you know, getting married is like buying a computer, isn't it? You realise if you waited longer, a better model would have turned up. (laughs) 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 Hmm? These are very powerful life formations, aren't they? What's in that? Perceptions, impressions, reactions, impulses, responses, sanya sankara. So, very simply, you know, these these Pali words may seem a bit cryptic, enigmatic, but they, in a way, they they're a kind of base plan, they're the kind of template which all these things, all these different um, identification issues, come down to. All identification issues, all identification comes down to these what are called kanda or aggregates. Whereas one might indeed, you know, query one's partnership or marriage or whatever it is and say, well, maybe a better one or maybe we're not good enough, maybe if she was different or maybe another one would be better or do we really need to keep doing this? You know, you could figure, you could kind of tweak it a bit, try and tweak it a bit, but you, you know, what if my body was a little bit fitter, you know, sleeker, healthier, a few more vits, a few more minerals, it could be a bit better, you know, and yeah, it could, and, and you could get a better partner and so forth, so you can keep moving around on that particular, those particular things, but you'd still be identified by it.
and it would still be unsatisfactory <laughs> because it would still be not something you could control and make permanent and lasting and satisfactory right is that true so it's, well instead of just kind of dealing with the you know the surface issues that these break out let's get down to the kind of roots of it all Another terminology is rather strange, and you have these what are called five aggregates. Funny word, but there's a reason for that. And this is rupa form. Form. There's a form. Forms, form, bodily form. Yep, that's true. <laughs> Here, there, bodily form. Ah. Uh, you make an identity out of that, don't don't you? That's her, that's him. And yet, what's it based upon? Visual consciousness. Right. So, form is one aggregate, consciousness is another aggregate. Coming together with the two, things start to liven up. Consciousness internalizes experience. Okay. So, you know, if I see a body, a little light bulb goes on in, in my awareness going, body, that's Janice, that's Suki, whatever, right? That light bulb going on is called perception. I got it. And then the reaction, she owes me 50 quid. <laughs> hey, what about it? How do I get how do I get around to dealing with this difficult topic? You know, reactions or whatever, or well, oh, she's looking a bit sick today, or whatever. You know, or oh, did I say something wrong yesterday? So this sankara stuff cooking, bubbling up. How did that happen? How did that thing out there get under my skin? And say consciousness, visual consciousness see something that's a form mental consciousness comes in that's so and so so and so perceptions arise boop, 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 boop. and then all the memories and then the reactions start so and then the feeling comes in pleasant or unpleasant so you got form consciousness the two ends so it's the basic structure when those two get together then what fills it in feeling pleasant or unpleasant perception an impression you get it it means something to you reaction response sankara you get activated right? and that whole thing going yeah that creates me and you right because Consciousness places me, creates a place. Okay, so right now my visual consciousness is placing me in something that looks like a room. That's my perception, some kind of building I'm inside. Consciousness places, gives a place, a location. Okay. 
Now, if I feel happiness, is that in this room? No. If I feel anxiety, is that in this room? No. Where is it? It's in mental consciousness. So, visual consciousness gives rise to the experience of I am in this. This is around me. I close my eyes. I feel the wind stroking the back of my head. Tactile consciousness. Listen carefully. Somebody, little sounds shuffling around people, whatever it is. Oh, I'm in a room with people in it. So consciousness means I'm in something. I'm in the middle of something. That's who I am. Identification process begins by placing an entity within a field. Is that clear? Entity is not clear what it is yet, but it's definitely an entity within this field of visual consciousness, tactile consciousness, olfactory, gustatory, and conceptual. Places an entity within that, creates a subject who's experiencing this phenomenal world. That's called consciousness. And an identity gets created within that, who's also bound by it. I'm stuck in this room. Do you ever get, you know, I'm stuck in this train with all these people around me. I'm stuck in this street with that noisy traffic thumping up and down the road. I'm sitting in this room with somebody playing the trombone in the flat upstairs. They're driving me nuts. <laughs> I'm sitting here with these terrible memories and thoughts in my head driving me crazy. I'm in all this. I'm stuck in this. And I'm running around in this trying to find where to go. Where do I get out of this? Yeah. Because it's, it's unsatisfactory. Sometimes extremely painful. And so the average person will then go around, well, how can I change this person, this room, the traffic, whatever? How can I change it? So that having changed it, I will be free and clear and happy. Anybody managed to do that yet? Or is it more? That's the five aggregates. And so the identification is that which binds me into it, binds an entity into it. Let's go through it again. Consciousness. Visual phenomena arise. When they arise, there's a sense of somebody seeing them. I see things. Who? Who sees things? I do. Well, where are you? I'm inside this body. You sure? If you're inside the body, can you tell me what your liver looks like? 
You sure you've got a spleen? If you're inside this body, thoroughly inside it, um, could you describe what your tonsils look like? How about getting in touch with your lymph glands? I don't know. You sure you're inside it? Well, um, I'm inside my mind. Okay, where's your mind? Uh, <laughs> it's in my head. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> you open up one of these skulls, there's just a pile of tofu-like custard inside it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I live in the immaterial world. Okay. You know. uh-huh. The thoughts and memories and perceptions, I'm in that. Whereabouts are you in that? Mm-hmm. Can that ever cease? If you are within it, if you are something, and then when that disappeared, you'd still be there, wouldn't you? If you're separate from these things, you're a separate entity, and the body disappeared, then you'd still be here, wouldn't you? If you're separate from it. If you're the same as it, you wouldn't be able to notice it, because you just be it. The body doesn't have an idea about itself, it just is. So I'm not separate from it, and I'm not the same as yeah so (laughs) now if we practice we realize this is just kind of going slightly strange trying to find out where I am maybe it's best to you know acknowledge the question and challenge the premise that I am in any of this maybe this just arises maybe consciousness just arises visual consciousness tactile consciousness maybe it just arises not to anybody how does that feel is it true well, it certainly arises and we can't find someone who's experiencing it we can't locate them but we do notice there's a sense of as consciousness arises there are certain reactions and impulses that occur let's just stay with that and notice when the I am begins to appear in that then stress and suffering and confusion begins, wondering what to do about it. Now, why these are called aggregates? If you know what aggregate means, it means things that are stuck together. Right? Things that are stuck together. So you can see, form and consciousness get stuck together because you can't experience a form without being conscious of it. Right? and similarly you can't be conscious of something without it manifesting in some kind of form so they kind of co-arise now you may think your form is separate from consciousness but if you're not conscious of it you sure you have a form if you look directly into experience as it's happening, for form to arise, there has to be a consciousness that 
brings it in. Right? Otherwise, it may theoretically exist, but as far as you're concerned, it doesn't exist. If I say something like Boris Johnson, does he exist or not exist? Now he exists, probably. But he didn't exist three minutes ago. <laughs> as far as you he wasn't there for you, was he? Now he is. Okay, let's deal with that. <laughs> but actually, it's just the perception, but that's all it ever is, as far as you're concerned. So, when we see it like that, perceptions arise, and then the degree of reactivity that one has to that is what keeps it there. You know, someone that, who's that much of a public figure with certain details, a certain degree of reactivity comes in, doesn't it? <laughs> Particularly if he's leading the country that you're trying to follow the rules around, a certain degree of reactivity that <laughs> comes pretty solid inside you. <laughs> and then you become a little bit agitated about that. So, you know, that's right. How did you get into that, you know? And there you are in that. Get out of my life, Boris Johnson. <laughs> Along with, and then you the list of other <laughs> Well, is he there or not? You brought him in. <laughs> I just, I just made some sound. <laughs> I just made some sounds. <laughs> you did the rest. <laughs> right? That's perception. Now, why it's these <laughs> aggregates? Because they stick together. That when that you know, consciousness form, then you know, out of the sound, those four syllables sound, Boris Johnson, perception arose, crystallized, Certain mental formations, certain responses began to activate. It all welded together, and there a little piece of your solid reality appeared, yeah. in which he was definite, you were definite, you had a definite stand, response, or whatever, and so forth. And we can, of course, pro and anti Boris Johnson campaigns, or perhaps just anti Boris Johnson campaigns, you know, depending. But you know, we we can definitely get into being an identity thing around that. You know? So it goes. Now also the aggregates, because each one of them itself is many things stuck together. So with consciousness, you've got six consciousnesses, it's not just one, that stick together. Right? So the visual consciousness, and generally what sticks them together is mental consciousness. Right? See something, and then the mental recognition, that's Susan. Or that's a man, or whatever. Yeah. So, so the mental consciousness and the visual consciousness stick together to create a visual form that I recognize, and I... My identity stands as the witness of that. 
with whatever moods or emotions that may arise around that. I see my, I see someone I recognise. Aha, uh-huh. that's Herbert. Yeah, no visual consciousness looks like Herbert, walks like Herbert, auditory consciousness sounds like Herbert, mental consciousness is a Herbert, and then you know, perception. I haven't seen Herbert in 15 years. Great, what a wonderful to see him again. So activations you know, start occurring. So all that. So those consciousnesses, mental consciousness, visual consciousness, auditory consciousness, come together to create an apparently three-dimensional entity out there, triggering all kinds of emotional responses here that I feel I am. And my ideas about him, which I feel he is. And we're in the tangle. Now, you know what saying, should that not happen? No. It's good to know who you are, look in the mirror and say, that's me, rather than, what's that? That <laughs> 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 strange shape. It's quite sensible to be able to recognize people. <laughs> but what it can do is the reactivity and the emotional baggage that goes with that and a set of fixed responses or reactive sankharas don't have to activate. So this is Herbert. I don't have to feel angry. I don't have to feel just noticing. And then instead of that, whatever accumulated attachments have occurred, in a sense, may he be well. Why not? Makes me feel good. Opens a skillful way to relationship. Yeah. And I'm not asking him to be a certain way for me. This is a practical example because, you know, we might say in that simple model, you know, I want Herbert to be happy, otherwise I feel disappointed. I want him to welcome me, otherwise I feel let down. I want him to be strong for me, otherwise I feel disappointed. I want him to help me fix something, otherwise I feel frustrated. I want him to acknowledge me, otherwise I feel lonely. Um, how much of that is running? Or could it be just that's another being? May that be well. We'll see how we go from there. Because, as you probably recognise, the problem even with familiarity and friendships is we start to take each other for granted. And the awareness and the wonder and the respect disappears. Something in us begins to try to make people fit our requirements and negative requirements like it's nice to have somebody to blame, isn't it? <laughs> Let's focus on points, Johnson. <laughs> All that frustration and rage and disappointment about the state of the world, we can dump it on him. 
<laughs> so we sometimes even need we need scapegoats, we need victims, we need people to blame. Yeah. We don't need it. I'm not saying we need it, but our accumulated sankharas, unresolved frustrations, unresolved you know issues need someone to project upon them. Because I feel I'm inadequate. I you know, I have to find somebody who'll make me feel inadequate. It's your fault you're making me feel inadequate. (laughs) Because I haven't really, you know, received, understood, forgiven, blessed this being. I want you to do it. And if you don't, I feel disappointed by you. Yeah. I'm sure we'd all well I'm not sure but I imagine we'd all love to be able to help each other and maybe we can maybe we can but perhaps the best way we can do it is to awaken and encourage that in each and every one of us that can do that because I can't get under your skin, and, you know. And if I think I can, I'm out of line. You know? But maybe by my non-reactivity, by what I don't do, I don't react, I don't demand, I don't expect, I don't criticize. I, maybe even that, by what I don't do, in your presence, that would help you to see. I don't need to feel anxious. He's not asking something for me. I don't have to feel I've got to justify myself because he's quite comfortable with who I am. We can help to deprogram each other. So, yeah. experience of self and other which can be so clogging and congesting can held wisely also be a supportive kalyanamita right spiritual friendship why does the Buddha recommend that and yet he's saying no self well, there's no self who are going to be friends with <laughs> Just empty, empty space. <laughs> How does that work out? They say, yeah, well, there are, there are definitely there are other beings, definitely other beings. But what you're experiencing is your impression of other beings. There are other beings, but what you're experiencing is your impression of other beings. And if that impression of other beings and the other being themselves are put together and you say, oh, he's not who I thought he was. Oh, she doesn't what I thought she did. Oh, he isn't the way I imagined. I don't need to be like this. So then you get, we're not really recognizing there are these qualities of forms and perceptions, but now we're just 
trying to get them into alignment so we can witness this one is just a compulsive reflex that passes away so okay form feeling pleasure pain very basic trigger everybody likes pleasure thumbs down on pain right and of course we may you know really appreciate truth justice and purity what really gets us going is pleasure and pain this we obey <laughs> so, it's a powerful you know it, Dharma is pretty theoretical suffering is pretty theoretical but toothache isn't <laughs> yeah so there's I am in pain I am in pain so yeah there is feeling and there is a response to feeling but can there also be pain there is pain I call it my toothache but let's forget that let's just go to pain I'm worried about that yeah but let's just get to pain if I pull my tooth out no let's just get to pain pain okay how do you respond to pain painful feeling that's a big topic isn't it so you widen your awareness there's the there's the pain experience which is part of life whereas the self is pain should not happen to me absolutely it's called an attachment definitely shouldn't happen to me I know this is irrational I know the idea but when it happens it definitely should not be happening and let's stop that one that's a sankara that's a reaction that's going to make it worse that's going to make it worse how long does this go on for that's going to make it worse (laughs) why am I like this that's going to make it worse (laughs) that's where the self starts building up instead there is pain everybody gets pain pain is universal pain is part of life there has to be room to accommodate pain because it's part of what we experience yeah is this good news well when it comes to psychological pain it's very good news because physical pain yeah you want some medicine for that psychological pain the grief the regret the guilt yeah feeling hurt wounded you don't have to have that at all because that's based just upon perceptions sankara's identity means we can meet that unhappy mood in the heart of being mistreated or misunderstood or taken for a ride or whatever it is and you know how dare they and I tried the best and it shouldn't be like that people what's wrong with me I'm always dumping aha uh-huh. 
That's not going to make it different, is it? You flapping your arms around, is it going to make it change? <laughs> you weeping and wailing, is it going to make it any different? Okay, and whatever other people did, didn't do, you did, or didn't do, pain. How does that feel in the body? Body's tense, agitated, restless, steady, calm, the body, open the body, welcome the pain. When I say welcome, it's not just, there's not an emotional reaction so much as just an attitude of energy widening in that receptive mode. And you'll find that the constriction and the turmoil shifts. There's constriction and the turmoil and the self-making Essentially, the self-making ceases, and then that was that. That was that. It's past. So this is like you know we can clear the past. The key is the self-making, and that with any kind of you know mental, psychological, emotional pain, it's the self-making that you can release. When the self-making dissolves around it, the pain will diminish. Very often what occurs is the self wants to remain and get rid of the pain. I am right. They shouldn't have done this. I'm definitely right. I've been built badly treated. That's improper. You know, I was her, I was abused. Yep pain doesn't go away. Self goes away. That's what happened. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just I want to stop suffering because that was that was 10 years ago. Do I need to keep carrying it? So, in this way referring to these aggregates, you skip the whole self process that clogs it up. And that clogging, that's attachment. And how do you do that? By referring to the experience actually as it is. So again, this is a perception. This is my impression. This is how I take it. This is how I interpret it. I interpret that behavior as, I interpret her smile as that, I interpret his language as that. You may be right, you may not be right, but that's still an interpretation. What actually happened is you heard sound, you saw movement. Yeah. That's a visual. Then, you know, you, you got a perception from that, that perception was disagreeable. And then you made a person got made out of that. An offended person and an offender got made out of it. Understandable, I do the same myself. Absolutely understandable, also suffering. <laughs> you want to stop suffering? You can. And those two are not contradictory, that is if I stop feeling so steamed up about it all I've released it it's not happening for me it's finished 
then it may be the case that I can find the person, say, you know, out of compassion, I think you might like to know that this kind of thing is that your behaviour does offend people. You know, but what you do about it's up to you. So you, it's not that you have to ignore the issue, but you can come from a totally dispassionate place where actually you're concerned for the other people's welfare. If you keep doing that, you're going to make a lot of enemies, you know. Like, I hated you for ten years. <laughs> well, not all of you, you know, just that little bit. Because, again, it's not an entity that offended you, it's just the behaviour. And it's confusing, isn't it? Because she's such a darling on a good night, when she loses it, she's evil. <laughs> He's nasty, you know. In a tight place, he gets nasty. Yeah. And we want to help each other out with that. So, you know, when you're tight, you look like you're getting a bit steamed up, you know. But it's your issue. So, cuts long story short. Perceptions. And then volitions. Volitions. Sankaras. Volitions. Reactions. Responses. Impulses. And generally these are, how am I going to change it? How am I going to fix it? That went wrong, how am I going to fix it? Yeah, I did wrong. How am I going to fix it? She did wrong. How am I going to fix that? How am I going to make it better? How am I going to make it change? Fix it, make it, change it. Well, big lot of self in there, isn't there? The agent, self is the agent, the one who's going to fix things and change things. And yet, this one who's going to fix things and change things has never managed to fix or change themselves. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're going to fix and change other people. Uh huh. <laughs> but you've never been able to fix and change your, your incredible desire to fix and change your middle with everybody else. Why don't you deal with that first of all? <laughs> I learned to just accept, well, Things don't always go the way you want them to. Even if they're good ideas, people should be more effective, more efficient, more competent, more wise, more skillful, and I'll show them how. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so you know, the fix it isn't always by any means evil, but it is stupid. <laughs> Because it's anything that's a reactive, compulsive, reactive tendency, that's what we call ignorant. It doesn't mean it's bad intention, it's just, it, it, you know, it's, it's the wrong tool. It's the wrong tool. You know, and you can, certainly living in communities as I do, you can really see that sense of, you know, people want to change each other. You should be more punctual. Yeah, and work harder or whatever. You sit straighter. You know, it's kind of you, know, you start sniping at people. Doesn't put his shoes in the right place. She's always lazy. He doesn't turn up on time. He was skiving off. And he should have been working. He wears his robes. He's sloppy in that way. He's always talking too much. He's always critical, unlike me. 
<laughs> you get to the point, I think. Uh, uh, I think uh, something has to give here. <laughs> Things are like this. Things are like this. Can you be with it? Can you be with it? Yeah. Can you be with it? And just wait. So something perhaps more wise, kindly, less compulsive begins to come up. Like, I think I just need to relax a little bit and accept people being the way they are. Maybe that would be good. You know, rather than this classical model, everybody's going to be this, that, and the other, put people in little boxes. Maybe I just need to be more accepting to the realities of human beings with their stuff going on. Yeah, that's more compassionate. That brings out the best in me. That brings out the best in me. And we have this treasure. We have a treasure. Compassion. Loving kindness. Appreciation. Treasures that people can bring out of you. Instead of your organising, snipey mind. <laughs> and it just as soon as you stop one, the organising, fix it, you should be this way, that way mind, you stop that one, the other one just comes up by itself. Mm-hmm. You realise, oh, what's needed here is just be well. So it's not that there's no responses. It's not that there's no volition, no intention. But through that release or ceasing of the self-impressions, true, genuine, sustaining, authentic, non-dualistic qualities arise. To me, to you, to anybody, may it be well. And you feel good. And you feel this is this is true. If I've got through this life, if I've just got this going in this life, that's good enough. You know? <laughs> just to have this instead of that thing. It's a release, and you can't really make an identity out of it because it's just what happens. It's just what happens. So with something like loving kindness, if you kind of get the idea, I should be more loving, I should be more kind. I'm not a very kind person. I need to be developed loving kindness. Okay, who should I start with? <laughs> well, everyone thought, oh, she looks easy. I'll start with her. <laughs> this one looks a bit tough. I'll leave it until later. <laughs> and the one I really need to do is this one here, me. <laughs> impossible <laughs> to do it it's just sending Christmas cards to, you know that's what it is it's not actually the real thing because it's somebody doing it because they feel they should do so they could be a loving kind person but it's not the real thing it's better than many things but it's still you know you're doing it because you're signed up as a Buddhist or something or it's a good idea or yeah it is a good idea but 
do you realize it could happen pretty much amazingly breathtakingly where you didn't even expect it you just stop doing that and this is welling up of love and compassion oh I didn't wow how could there be anything else it's the only thing that works <laughs> why do we forget that attachment attachment identification that's what clogged it up that's what clogs the heart so Do you know what to do now? <laughs> so let's take some time for your own individual non-self, <laughs> non-attached practice. <laughs> and you might like to walk. Why? Walking, it definitely will be a little bit more body. You get that nice, fluid, flowing feeling. Very important to get a flow in life rather than rigid rather than stuck to get that sense of body flowing. Remember when you walk, it's your whole body walk, so you walk with your hips. Get the fluid. Walk with your shoulders. Don't march. Don't strut. Don't walk. It's like swimming on dry land. Get the fluidity and you feel that. There's your there's your baseline, something that's fluid flowing. And then you're gonna notice here come the visual phenomena. Dum 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 tree whatever it is, and then, oh, there's so-and-so. Oh, I haven't seen her for years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's he doing? That's a funny way to walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the rabbits. Oh, look at the rabbits. Oh, cute little rabbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then there's the wind flowing in my head. Oh, yeah, I'm going to die of cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> walk, walk, walk. And then walking, you know. What am I doing this for? Walk. But why should I bother walking? Yeah, keep walking. I don't see the point of this. Good, good, good. Keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> How long for? Just keep walking the bell all yeah. Emptying out. Emptying out the self that's trying to find, be some name, place, this, get into that, get into this, stop this, make that happen. Just emptying it out. Just by being, being a body walking. Well, you walk perfectly well without an identity. You don't need an identity to walk with. You walk absolutely perfectly without an identity, much better without an identity <laughs> with, with, with one. Because when, you when you're with one, so identity is always telling you how you should walk and how long you should walk and where you're going to. Just shut up, will you? <laughs> I'm walking. Let it be, you know? And just feel, and then to do that, you've got to really get a little more, just highlight a little bit more, like how does the body do this thing? Which is danged amazing when you think of it. You know, I couldn't walk. I've got no idea which muscles have to kick in and how they operate. No idea. It's amazing. And yet the whole thing, it senses balance. I never fall over well, really. <laughs> you know? And the way the feet hit the ground and the way the hips move and the way the body knows how to balance when you're only on one foot. One foot's going through the air. You're relying on one foot, right, to keep you from falling over. And the body can do that. And you couldn't do it. You think about it. But your body can. Now, it's not, this is some 
marvelous I'm the only person who can do this it's not <laughs> it's not an identity but it's a place where you can release the identity and you're still here and it's joyful and it's comfortable and it's it's, it's easy so let's do it <laughs>